helping you to find a healthier balance for every day. This is Building Balance on KCLOR with personal trainer and nutritional coach Natalie Lennon. Hello everybody, you are very welcome along to Building Balance. It is Natalie Lennon here with you hosting this eight-week series dedicated to helping you build a healthier, happier and a balanced life. Each week, we are choosing just one topic to explore alongside an expert that joins me for the duration of the show to take an in-depth look at some of the most important aspects of well-being, exercise and nutrition right throughout this series. You may know I am a personal trainer and a nutritional and health coach myself, so it is an honour to be here sharing my passion with you alongside some of the country's best experts in each field. We like to educate rather than dictate on building balance. If you want to get in touch with the show today, as I'm sure you may want to, for my guest, you can do so on the dinnersready.ie sponsored contact line 083 306 9696. You can text, you can WhatsApp or you can voice note me. And if you have anything you'd like to share with me after the show, Nathalie Lennon at KCLR96FM.com is where you can email me. With simple ways to enhance your quality of life, building balance on KCLR with Nathalie Lennon. Now, so far, we've discussed the importance of sleep, the basics and mindset towards strength training, running we discussed just last week with Owen Everard, and a reminder that you can listen back on Spotify. Just search Building Balance with Natalie Lennon and be sure to rate the show if you do or check out the Casey Lore website to listen back as well. Today, we are going to be diving into all things hormonal health. Whilst it will have a slightly greater focus on females at times, we are going to try and discuss hormonal health in males and females alike. And this is an area that I am so passionate about. And I am extremely lucky to have today's guest join me live in studio. She is, in my opinion, Ireland's number one hormone and fertility specialist. She is a naturopath, nutritional therapist, herbal medicine practitioner, owner of the extremely successful AOK Nutrition, which she established seven years ago now. She's host of the popular Spilling the Tea podcast, which you may have heard of. And she is extremely passionate about educating and empowering us on our health and our hormones. What an introduction. The incredible Ashling Fox. Welcome to Building Balance on KCLR. Hello. What a lovely introduction that was. I hope I got everything right there, did I? When you, when you said that, I was like, oh my God, have I done all those things? It actually, <laughs> it's really nice when you hear it back like that. It really hypes you up a little bit. Ashling. before we get started, I suppose, do you want to tell me about how you got into this topic? Yeah, I guess when... To start from the beginning, I was kind of brought up with natural medicine. My mum was a nurse and she kind of fell into the world of natural medicine after working as a midwife and as a children's nurse for nearly 15 years. So by the time I came along, it was very much part of our everyday life. And I guess that was kind of step one because it was always just something that was kind of ingrained in us. And as I got older, as I started going into my own career, it's just an area I just became really, really passionate about. I trained as a nutritional therapist and 
after training I kind of saw people from all walks of life like I would see people you know coming in for cardiovascular health someone else coming with for sports nutrition and female hormones just an area I just felt like there was so little knowledge on there was so little support with there's so much lifestyle medicine can do for female hormones so it's massive part of my clinic now like I work so much with um, fertility issues polycystic ovaries heavy periods PMS we'll probably talk about a lot of that today yes, definitely <laughs> and I very much like the way I work I love science I love biology I love looking at bloods but I also trained in Chinese medicine I also love looking at the root of the problem looking at the body as a whole so I just love incorporating kind of both sides of medicine together really I adore that I adore the fact that you give science so much time and that you back everything up by science but that you also take a real holistic approach and the information that you put out there online Ashling, is second to none you educate so many people for free when it comes to your content on your Instagram and your website and your podcast and we'll get into all of that as well we're going to get started on what exactly hormonal health is and why we need to pay attention to it and so much more just after this short ad break Finding a healthier balance for every day. Building balance on KCLR with Natalie Lennon. Now you're very welcome back to the show. We've just kicked off and this week we are talking all things hormonal health with the one and only Ashling Fox from AOK Nutrition. So Ashling, let's get started with the basics. First off, what exactly is hormonal health? And why do we need to pay more attention to it? First of all, I think the biggest misconception around hormonal health is it's only for making babies. So it's way more than that. Like if we think about female hormones, it's how your body creates things like your estrogen and your progesterone. And these hormones shape everything from your mood to your energy. It helps with bone health. It helps with cardiovascular health. It makes you calm. And this is the conversation I try and have on my Instagram. I love to start. You kind of said we, we don't preach here. It's all about education. So the hormone health is way more than just fertility and making babies. And I think that's a misconception and why it's so important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I wish this was something that we got taught more in school. Like Mm. the word hormones, I may have heard once or twice in school, like we were never educated on what really it is they do for our body and how important it is to look after them. So one thing that I wanted to touch off, which we did before on my own Instagram, was the dangers of low calorie diets to our hormonal health. I just wanted to do a quick word on it, Ashling, because I know a lot of people listening to the show may have weight loss goals. And it's a topic that I approach so cautiously because I know how damaging it can be and how many males and females just drastically cut their calories to lose weight and very well may do it. But how may this damage our hormones? First of all, not eating enough calories puts the body in massive stress. And normally, like you'll find as well, if you're not enough calories, you're quite tired during the day because your calories are not just, you know, thin versus putting on weight. It's your fuel. It's your energy levels. And even from a fertility perspective, you're making your own hormones. If your body perceives you're under stress the whole time, it will not make your hormones the way it's supposed to be. When stress Mm -hmm. levels are high, things like your testosterone gets affected for men. You find that, you know, libido might be less. For women, they might actually lose their period completely. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of definitely something to be really aware of and even carbs and that like I think some people go low calorie and it's the carbs that go straight away yeah but I would say like me driving to Kilkenny from Dublin today like I had to put petrol in my car that's what carbs are carbs are fuel yeah so it's not even like some people might be low calorie and eating maybe enough protein but it's it's looking at the diet as a whole like it's so so important so important and I just really wanted to 
like talk about that and open up the floor to it a small bit because mm-hmm. obviously for, to lose weight people will cut their calories but there's no need to do it drastically because you're putting your body under so much stress and you spoke about you know losing your period completely I've spoken about that on Casey Law before I suffered with that for years and it's tough journey getting it back but we're there yeah. um, okay so moving on to my next point then Ashling, I know you specialise in female hormones and fertility so we'll dive in here and touch on male hormones at the end if that's okay signs of a hormonal balance in women Hormonal balance or hormonal imbalance? Imbalance, apologies. (laughs) So what I always say, like, again, we weren't taught this in school, but you're not meant to be absolutely in bits for two weeks before you get your period. So when I ask clients like PMS, most people don't really know what that is. It stands for Mm -hmm. premenstrual syndrome. And it's so different for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. So it's anything like your sore breasts. It could be cramps. It could be mood swings, sugar cravings, migraines, um, any of those symptoms in around maybe two weeks before you get your period is a sign hormonal imbalance heavy periods come in there as well irregular cycles skipping periods your your ovulation and getting a regular cycle is a sign of health i always say it's one of the vital signs of health your body's way of kind of checking in being like i'm happy with everything that you're doing this month so your your hormonal balance is a sign there's something not right there and it's kind of your body's way of trying to check in with you really and I think what's kind of gone wrong with the health industry nowadays is like PMS heavy periods migraines having cramps it's just kind of passed as something that we have to deal with and it's your body it's just the way you experience your periods simple as and it shouldn't be the case mm-hmm. because something is off. Something yeah. needs to be addressed and looked at. Spain just passed Europe's first paid menstrual leave law. Did you see this? Oh my God, amazing. Like, Which is amazing. Yeah. But also I wish that amidst these headlines, there was something about how PMS can be addressed if we yeah. were to take some time to look at hormonal imbalances. And what about male hormone imbalances? Is there signs there that we could maybe look out for? Yeah, so I just mentioned testosterone. So that's yeah. one of the, the main male hormones. They have much more testosterone that we do so a sign of I think testosterone is also often linked with your libido and kind of more like the sex drive but your testosterone is your drive for life it's your get up and go it's the motivation it's it's not just libido right um on the other side as well a lot of men will put on weight in different places so a lot like breast tissue can become more like estrogen dominant um so they're really two significant things and even high stress levels like not being able to sleep at night time your melatonin being affected like there's there's even way more hormones than I've just mentioned there yeah appetite hormones come into this as well Everything. so testosterone is probably the main one we definitely look at for men and when stress is high testosterone is generally low Okay, okay, amazing. And then going back to the menstrual cycle and how important that is as a health indicator, can you maybe touch on that a little bit, Ashling? And, you know, you mentioned the importance of ovulating and having a regular cycle, um, how to know we're ovulating and how long a regular cycle is. Yeah, so first of all, with ovulation, like I said, it's not just making babies, it's how we make our hormones. Mm-hmm. And while your body is doing that because things like okay let's get pregnant this month it's your body's way of saying I'm not stressed we are safe we're able to conceive like everything's fine so if you're skipping a cycle perhaps there's something more in depth you need to look at in relation to what is a regular cycle this is something again from school we can all blame this that I remember I learned a 28 day cycle and it's very very rare for women to have like do you have a 28 day cycle? So do you know what I did for three months running? And And you feel like a goddess you're like oh my god I literally was like I am queen of the (laughs) universe and then yeah. it went to like 33 days, I think last month. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. But then I had to remind myself, hold on, this exactly. is still yeah. regular. So anywhere from 25 to 30 
free, like I'd say max 35 days is considered normal. You wouldn't really want to be higher than 35 and ideally we don't want to be less than 24. So that's a bigger window and, you know, it's important for women to kind of recognise, oh, actually I did have a 24 day cycle this month and what's going on here? Like why, why, what's different? Like what's changed here? Yeah. And come here, question for you that just came in on the text line. Slightly off topic, but still yeah. on it. Um, and by the way, if you want to get your questions in for Ashling, get them in quick. 083-306-9696. The dinner's ready.ie sponsor text and WhatsApp line. Hi girls, what tablet helps with zero libido? I'm a 50-year-old female in menopause. Thanks, Amel. If there was a tablet, mm-hmm. we would all be millionaires. <laughs> so for me, imagine me coming onto Instagram being like, guys, like I'm a herbalist. We stock 300 herbs in my clinic. And I'm like, this is the libido tonic. It's trialed, it's tested, it works. Do you think that if that was a thing, it wouldn't have been invented by now? So libido is something you have to look at the bigger picture. If you were being chased by a tiger, are you stopping to have sex? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And people just, they don't, they don't understand that. So other areas when you're stressed, you're not hungry or you don't sleep properly mm-hmm. or you're constantly bloated your reproductive system is the same as other organs so you need to address that from kind of a more like holistic perspective yeah. it's not that simple um you have to look at everything that's yeah, going on in your like life. i'm so yeah. reluctant to say to someone oh you take this supplement because normally 99 percent of the time you're not you don't have low libido because you're lacking in a specific supplement it's a lifestyle issue yeah and i know it's a really annoying answer it and is, like i wish you'd be like guys go onto my website this is amazing her but it's just i just think it's giving people kind of almost like false but that is why Hope. I love that's why I love the work you do, mm-hmm. Ashley, because that's where a lot of people would jump in and say, Yeah, one hundred percent, I have this herb, this is what it does, or I have this supplement, it will help with that, just for the sake of selling. And mm-hmm. it's it's dictating. It's not educating. And that's where you don't sugarcoat things and you get to the point. It's probably a lifestyle issue and you may need to work with someone like Ashling one on one. Um okay, so I want to touch on hormonal acne and we were speaking about this kind of just before I came in as well. This is nearly a question for myself. Uh, we're often told to just live with it. Um, you know, or we're given antibiotics for it. And I've been through the wars with it even recently. What can we do to try and get to the root of hormonal acne? So the first thing I will do when someone comes to me to be acne is figure out when their skin is flaring up. So certain times it's for the whole month and like it's bad regardless of where they are in their cycle. If you find your acne is flaring up before you get your period, that can be very much linked to PMS, like mm-hmm. you mentioned a few minutes ago. So you actually might be like, oh my God, I actually get sore boobs and I get hormonal acne. We're looking at maybe an imbalance of progesterone there. If antibiotics are working for your skin, is it linked with gut health? Gut health is like the center of everything. And I'll probably come back to this a good few times today uh-huh. as well. But like for people who have might have digestive issues, maybe their acne will be bad as well. So the frustration I see with acne is no matter what the root cause is, it's often antibiotics that are given. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have acne before your period and it's fine in the rest of the month, antibiotics like that's not the right approach for that yeah. it's, it's got to do hormonal balance so yeah. step one is figuring out the cause I actually have a podcast on this as well so um, my podcast is called Spilling the Tea so mm-hmm. have a little listen later on and it's a whole episode covering like all the different kind of types of acne I would see and the root cause because I know it just it really is so hard for people but it is also a world in itself that mm-hmm. you know we could have a whole hour here just discussing oh, that yeah. Yeah. so I did want to touch on it you said there you know just to two points that may be kind of a cause of hormonal acne. One being an imbalance of progesterone. So I just want to say touch on that for a minute because some people are probably like, progesterone, what is it? Why would I have an imbalance Mm. in it? Where is my voice going? 
what could be causing someone to have an imbalance in progesterone? So first of all, progesterone will only get made after you ovulate. So this is the second half of your cycle, again, if you have ovulated that month. And I always call it like, if we could bottle and wear this perfume, I would. It's like that calming hormone, really good for energy, really good for mood. And like I said, it helps the PMS. Mm-hmm. But when we are stressed, it's like as if your body directs our poor progesterone away and it's going to make stress hormones instead. So I would say stress steals progesterone. And think about our generation, like anyone, like people are stressed all the time, whether it's from work, relationships, or what I talk about with clients, too much caffeine, their lifestyle problems, not sleeping properly. Yeah. Those hit workers, I had a client today and she did cardio, five cardio sessions every morning, like yeah. five days a week. She's doing um, spin classes and then she's going to a mad work every day. So you have to look at lifestyle factors when it comes to progesterone because no amount of like even meditation will help if you were like a lunatic during the day and drinking loads of caffeine and you know, yeah. so stress is the main thing there. And you've described most people and mm. you know, and a past version of myself as well. And <clears throat> it's funny you say this because only this week, Ashling, I've been trying to, well, the last two weeks, I've been trying to cut down on my caffeine intake because I was at this place where I was having three sometimes four cups a day I felt like I needed it when I woke up and I've today actually had one and I didn't even want it at around two o'clock so I think I've finally cut back on it but the headaches I was getting yeah, when I was drops. cutting back it mm. was crazy but also um, you spoke about having to do uh, well females and males thinking we should be doing HIIT workouts all of the time stress in work stress at home and then doing a HIIT workout thinking it relieves stress your body doesn't know the difference between a workout reducing stress or stress in work. Your body will feel stress either way. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that people understand that. If you have a really stressful day in work and you go to a class, mentally you think it is reducing stress, your body doesn't know that. And it's actually just adding to it. So you're better off going for an easier workout, maybe yoga or maybe a slow paced strength training session. Because I know everyone loves going to your local gym and just getting murdered in classes great we need to be pushed we do need hit workouts but not all of the time yeah i always say there's a big difference between the hit workout on a tuesday night at eight o'clock and then one on like saturday morning when you've had a great night's sleep and you're rested and work wasn't mental and you know you can go in and enjoy it rather than having to go you know so thank you for clarifying that again that was all off the back of what can be causing an imbalance of progesterone Mm -hmm. and then an imbalance of progesterone can be causing bad pms can be causing hormonal acne when it comes to This is something that I suffered with extremely bad back years ago, post-pill acne. You know, I know a lot of females listening and I think it's important that males are educated on this too or maybe fathers for their daughters coming off the pill. Um, acne can often be triggered but I know you explained this to me before it's like six months after it's a mm-hmm. common occurrence would you mind explaining this a little bit more so the pill is amazing for acne like it's it works so well for mm-hmm. as long as you're on it for a lot of people and I think this is something that people need to be aware of it will not fix your hormones for the majority of people you're describing me to a teacher yeah, yeah and for people I'm like oh I used to have acne and then the pill fixed it and I think even doctors should take that responsibility and be telling people look at this moment in time this will fix your acne but be aware when Whenever you decide to come off it, you may need to address it again. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's so good for acne is it reduces oil production, so you're less likely to get blocked pores. Mm-hmm. It reduces, it switches off your hormones completely. That's how the pill works. So I've mentioned ovulation and why we love it so much, making your hormones. The pill works by switching all of that off. So you no longer have the risk of that hormonal imbalance and it also reduces your testosterone. And if you're someone who gets that quite like cystic under the skin, that I call like the volcano acne mm-hmm. that never really comes to a head, a lot of the time that's the testosterone. So stunning when you're on the pill, 
you come off it and I find it's six months post pill and you think you got away with it. Yeah. And what happens is oil production increases again, testosterone surges after being kind of dormant for so long and people's skin goes mental. And I've seen it with so many clients and unfortunately it kind of flares up maybe six to 12 months post pill and then it will calm down again. But the amount of clients come to me or, you know, they might've come to me the second time they're off the pill then and it's nine months in and they're like, my skin's amiss, I can't do this anymore. They'll go back onto the pill. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, just ride the wave. You just have to try and get through that. And I work so much with my clients here. Gut health really comes into this. And if you've been on birth control for x amount of years for your skin birth control is a drug and that will also impact your gut health so it's kind of a vicious cycle you come off the pill and hormonal sur- hormone surge your gut health might not be optimal because you've been on birth control yeah. so it can't i hate the word detox but it can't help support detoxification mm-hmm. of those hormones so you're kind of in you know you're stuck a little bit so that's what i support my clients with balancing hormones and helping support gut health so their body can actually manage it as best they can and it is something that we need support with because mm. we're just not educated on it and I came off the pill back in 2016 and again like that my skin had never been better and I initially went on it when I was in I think secondary school for acne and it worked a treat it was absolutely brilliant and I thought I got away with it exactly six months after nearly to the day yeah. my skin exploded and it was the most difficult few months of my life and it's been up and down since but that's when it was at its worst so you did just mention as well the the gut and the importance of having a healthy gut so let's touch on that while we're on it actually do you know what we won't we're going to take a quick ad break and then we will so if you want to get in your questions 083 306 9696 the din is ready sponsor text WhatsApp line. We will be back with all things gut health just after this. Your weekly vitamin boost of positivity. Building balance on KCLOR with Natalie Lennon. Now you're very welcome back to the show. I'm here with Ashling Fox from AOK Nutrition and we're just about to dive into all things gut health and how that can affect our hormones. So Ashling, I was looking at your Instagram yesterday and I did see that you're launching a 12-week educational online program all about this very shortly, the Gut Hormone Connection. Can you briefly explain this connection and why it is so important? So when I say gut health, this is what your gut entails. You chew your food, it goes down your esophagus, goes into your stomach, your pancreas breaks it down, your gallbladder is included there, your liver, your large intestine, your small intestine, and then you put it out. So there's so much in gut health. So many of those things can go wrong, which means so many of those areas need to be supported. And that last little step there of digestion and getting rid of everything is how we get eliminate toxins and how we get rid of hormones. Mm-hmm. So I've already mentioned hormonal imbalance. We just spoke about acne there before the break. And let's say we're talking about post-pill acne. If you have a buildup of these hormones when you come off birth control, for example, you need to get rid of them. So you need to support digestion. Um, but like I said, there's so many different areas there that can go wrong. We need to make sure all those things are actually working and digestive issues can range from things like reflux to gas to bloating to feeling tired after meals to sugar cravings to so many different things yeah yeah and stress can impact our gut health a lot as well right oh 100 percent. i always say you can't be you're not going to be chased by a bear and thinking about breakfast at the same time 
So you're either in the parasympathetic nervous system or in the sympathetic nervous system. So you're either fight or flight or you're rest and digest. It's very difficult. Your body's confused. It's saying, why do we need to eat this snack if we're being chased by a tiger? So little tips like that thing there, chew your food. You'd be surprised at how many people are eating on the go, which means your food is moving undigested into your stomach. Your stomach doesn't have teeth. Yeah. So you want to make sure that food is chewed so your stomach can actually do its job. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, stress and digestion are just so so linked in together. And I love what you said there about you know the parasympathetic and the sympathetic state aka restful state or yeah. being in a stressful state and I think it's nearly become trendy to say you know I'll eat this quickly or I'll eat it in the car have it on the go or I miss lunch or I'll inhale this and run on to my class but it's really important that people try and stop and take a few deep breaths before their meal, I think, so that their body can switch into this restful state, hopefully, if they're not extremely stressed, and actually break down, digest, and absorb the goodness from Mm -hmm. their food, because if you're stressed, you're not absorbing it. Off the back of that, would you have tips for people at home as to how they can maybe have a healthier microbiome? So microbiome, think about like all the good guys in the gut. Mm -hmm. And these help everything from your immune system. People are very, very surprised to learn that 70% of your immune system is your gut. So again, antibiotics, they're amazing. Like I said, my mum was a nurse. We're not against medicine at all. But antibiotics kill everything, including Mm -hmm. your microbiome. So (coughs) what you want to make sure is they're as healthy as possible. Fibre, fibre, fibre. They love fibre. I always say, imagine your microbiome like you're in the zoo. And each animal eats a different type of food. So if you're someone who just has strawberries every morning with their breakfast and you haven't eaten a kiwi in years, next time you're in a supermarket, go for the kiwis, go for the bananas, go for the apples. If you're always buying the same veg, get different types of veg. You should be aiming for 35 different types of fruit or veg per week. Or potatoes can come in there and your legumes and your chickpeas and things can like that. Can we just take a minute? 35 yeah. different. How many of you listening at home actually <laughs> can say that you have 35 different fruit and vegetables each week. I have to say I'm slacking. I don't know and why I do it. And it's difficult, defo. I think you have to be aware. And it's more get out of the routine. Like I'm in the supermarket, you're busy, you're running in, you know mm-hmm. exactly where the strawberries are, the bananas are. It's just about kind of saying, okay, I got these last week, I'll just get something different this yeah. week and trying to get that variety in. Reducing processed food is obviously really, really important. Your microbiome do not like processed food. Mm-hmm. Looking at your environment, so too much chemicals, and that's the problem kind of nowadays is you know chemicals everywhere and it's kind of something that we can't avoid we can't just put ourselves in a cardboard box even probably the cardboard box probably would have some sort of chemicals and that buzzword I don't want people to kind of be stressing about it I'm like think about like a seesaw so we're always in kind of contact with things our gut's not mad about so let's control what we can control and fermented food is something that's really not talked about in Ireland because none of us are brought up eating sauerkraut like when I say sauerkraut to clients they literally think I have 20 heads like like, is that a different language they're like kimchi is that a type of dance what like Like, yeah so sauerkraut (laughs) is just fermented cabbage and it's something that we're just it's it's new in Ireland yeah like everyone loves cabbage Sauerkraut yeah. is cabbage, guys. It's fermented know? cabbage. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. just fermented. <laughs> yeah, actually, so true, actually, yeah. <laughs> um, like, I know my dad, if he's listening, his favourite dinner, ham, cabbage and spuds. Let's just turn that cabbage into a little bit of sauerkraut next time. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, okay, we've, we've touched a lot on the gut and I really wanted to, but I'm going to go back a slight notch and say, you're obviously a fertility expert as well, Ashling. So for women trying to get pregnant, you know, hormones are extremely important. Um, or for even women trying to avoid it and we need to know when and if we're ovulating when it comes to that. So can you explain to us, I suppose, ovulation and how to know if we are ovulating, the signs to look out for? 
So ovulation is the egg being released from the ovary. It only lasts for 24 hours. Um, there is six days of a woman's cycle she can get pregnant. So I would say when you think about it in 365 days, that's 72 days of a whole year. And this is something, again, it, we were not taught in school. Mm-hmm. I did not sit there in biology. I learned about ovulation and what it was for. It's to get pregnant and the sperm comes along. We were not told the days, your fertile window, basically. So mm-hmm. basically sperm lives for five days. So it's the five days before and the 24 hours then when the egg gets released. So this is so important. If mm-hmm. you're trying to get pregnant and you don't know your fertile days, nothing's going to happen like yeah. it's it's hard enough t- to, to get pregnant um, but you know even if you if you do know this yeah. is so signs to look out for I mean a lot of women will get um, LH sticks like ovulation sticks and that's actually measuring a hormone but for you in general for a lot of women um, look at your cervical mucus yeah and I always say think of raw egg whites and the best little tip because this is a lot of foreign or it's foreign to a lot of girls as well who may have been on birth control a long time they're only coming off now in their 30s after 15 years and trying to get pregnant they're saying my what my cervical because I have a clue like it's not something I've ever noticed so I would say if you think it's the, f- the fertile mucus I'm talking about so it's that egg white consistency and that's literally what it looks like it's clear and it's quite stretchy make a little note on your phone and once you ovulate you have to get a period within 14 days you have to the second half of your cycle that progesterone phase is called the luteal phase can only be 14 days mm-hmm. so if you see that mucus or you think you do and then your period doesn't come for another I don't know three weeks that wasn't it so I think that's a good little marker and kind of a good like oh okay that was it yeah. um, you can also track your body temperature so I talk a lot, a lot about a thing called natural cycles yeah. which is a basal thermometer you literally take your body temperature every single day and your temperature fluctuates throughout your cycle and like this is based on science I think like people get a little bit freaked out about this because again it's not something as a contraceptive we're ever told was even an option for mm-hmm. us but it's non-hormonal contraceptive you track your body temperature and you log your temperature in an app and the app will learn when you're ovulating based on your body temperature yeah, so yeah that's again it. all of this so educational um taboo probably a little bit taboo and it shouldn't be yeah it should be thought in school I think it's important that males understand the female body just as well as we do and I think even as females it's only the last few years I've been more comfortable speaking about this but it's natural it shouldn't be so taboo so I love how we are bringing it to the airwaves my next topic um, I wanted to touch on while we have you is PCOS because I know you deal with a lot of clients who deal with this firstly I suppose what is it and I know you have to work with someone one-on-one but any broad suggestions that people could take on board if they are dealing with or potentially dealing with PCOS? So PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome and it's got to do with excess androgens in the body and this stops ovulation. So other symptoms you're going to see, so lack of cycles, you might see um, acne can be really common in there because again, it's the androgens, it could be the testosterone that's high. Um, you might see weight gain, hair growth. Um, they're kind of the most common ones. In relation to the main thing very tricky because it is so different mm. for everyone and um, diet super important so mm. sugar is probably the main thing like yeah. insulin is dr- it drives PCOS so insulin and testosterone have a link in together so I suppose the first thing I look at for people's diets is make sure they're not eating enough or not eating too much white processed carbs yeah. and I very much mean processed carbs I don't mean the oats and your brown rice and your fibres and your fruit and your veg and those kind of things so we're looking at blood sugar balancing we're looking at trying to reduce how much sugar is coming into people's diets we support gut health in there. Now yeah. it's not the um, the best answer when it's you know no, but it's it's impossible it's, to yeah, answer. It's, but it has it's to nice say, to just. Yeah give people some ideas to what it is yeah. they need to look out for. And the other thing is your leafy greens. That's yes. what I'm like non-negotiable. I always call your leafy greens like the bus to fix up your hormones. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating broccoli once a week, your bus comes once a week. Yeah. So go back to your dad loving his cabbage. 
brilliant. So it's your, <laughs> your cabbage and your kale, your broccoli, your cauliflower, all those cruciferous vegetables yeah. are so, so important for That's One thing PCS. I always say, and I've said it on the show here before, is that, you know, when you're putting a meal together, your carb, your protein, your fat, your colour treated yeah, as a group in itself so does your plate have your carb your protein your fat and your color so if you have you know your rice your chicken and your curry sauce there is no color where's your vegetables can we get some sugar snap peas some carrots some onions some mushroom bring that into it and then you have some color as well and um, you touched on hair growth but i know hair loss can also be driven by a range of factors and i was looking at your instagram where you emphasize the importance of bloods to find the cause of this and the importance of getting our bloods done overall if we suspect a hormone imbalance both males and females um, do you see a most common cause for hair thinning or hair loss in your practice first off? Most common, I would say, is probably low iron. Okay. And there's so much money in supplements. So the amount of people mm-hmm. taking skin, hair, nails, and they're completely on the wrong path. So when someone comes to me with hair loss, hair loss can be from low iron because ferritin hel- helps make up your, your, your hair. It could be low B12. It could be thyroid issues. It could be excess testosterone. It could be high prolactin. It could be high cortisol, which is stress. So really, really like one size all does not fit for hair loss. And I'm always really cautious of that because they usually come to you and they're so deflated and it's so hard for them. Yeah. And unless you can hit the nail on the head, you have to figure out what the root mm-hmm. cause is. In relation to bloods, Ireland has such a mentality of like, you'll go when you're sick. I know my sister and I from Israel and they just get bloods done every year, like, because they're like, well, yeah. why wait for you to be sick? And I know there's so much kind of red tape around as well because you know they're understaffed and you can I can completely appreciate that that you know if we all got our bloods done every single year would the healthcare system be even able to, yeah. to do that I know. but bloods but can tell us so much yeah but we're entitled to at oh, the same yeah. time I know it's difficult because there is such pressure on doctors practices and just the health system overall in Ireland at the moment but when I did my nutritional course as well um, in the IINH the Irish Institute of Nutrition and Health they recommended, you know, trying to get them done every six months, if you can, twice mm-hmm. a year. It's just difficult. And I remember going to the doctor on numerous occasions while I was studying, wanting to get it done. And they were like, well, why? And I was like, well, I just, I want to get my blood work done. Well, what's wrong? And I was like, well, nothing. I just want to make sure everything's okay. Oh, um, mm-hmm. so the thing sure. is, doctors no. treat you when you're sick. Mm. They don't help you when you're well. Yeah. So it's up to us to help us keep us well. It is, and I think it's important that we really emphasize that you know your body better than anyone Mm -hmm. else and you need to do the NCTs like you get them done on your car. You know, even when it looks like there's nothing wrong, you still bring it and you get it done because that car has your life in its hands. You looking after your body, you have your own life in your hands. We need to do it. Okay, Ashley, moving on to another question then. When it comes to the most common environmental or dietary factors that you see affecting your client's hormonal health, could you touch on some? Plastic is a huge one. Plastic, interesting. We're surrounded by plastic, so there's thing called BPAs, and there is a thing called xenoestrogen. It's a funny, actually, when you talked about estrogen much. So estrogen, I kind of mentioned earlier, it's a real feel-good hormone, but yes. we can also have too much estrogen. And PMS can be a combination of low estrogen because you're stressed, but estrogen can also be low because, or sorry, progesterone can also be low because estrogen is too high. And estrogen comes from our environment. So it comes from a lot of like plastic, like I mentioned, like your cleaning products. It can be in cosmetics it can be in fragrances so I don't expect everyone to go and bin everything at home but like the next time you are buying shower gel get them with no fragrance in it Mm -hmm. look for the eco-friendly dishwashing tablets or the spray for your kitchen 
invest in a glass bottle instead of using plastic all the time get glass Tupperware instead of plastic like yeah. don't wrap your food in cling film use like you know parchment paper instead yeah. get rid of plastic utensils and get the wooden spoon back or like silicone products so it's just what we call like your toxic load and your body's able to break these things down but if you have a massive amount of them at all times these things can really get built up the other thing is make sure you be washing your fruit and veg like there yeah. is pesticides I know people are busy like that's something I really need to improve yeah into. like and I would do it myself sometimes just come home you know chop up tomatoes you know just start eating them but yeah. there can be pesticides on food and again there are chemicals that can be hormone disruptors so so then off the back of that as well, when it comes to migraines, like can hormone imbalances cause migraines in males and females? Because some of these environmental factors be causing them. Yeah, possibly. Migraines actually a funny one as well because there's so many root causes from my perspective. If it's before your period, it's very much low progesterone. It could be due to stress. It could be due to um, dehydration. It could be due to toxic overload. Like some people get migraines when they go into a shop that has perfume in it. Yeah. That would be actually linked mm. with gut health. Oh my goodness. Going back to that. I so never it's knew that. your body's ability to not be able to break down those smells. So interesting. I know. I'm sure. So it's kind of, and it's all got to do with chemicals overwhelming your detoxification system. Yeah. So it, migraines, we see so many people with migraines because it's very hard to treat them magically. You can only treat them painkillers when mm-hmm. you get them. Mm-hmm. We're very, very much aware about prevention. And it's just by trying to find the root of the cause and helping people kind of keep that little migraine diary and figure out when when they're being triggered, basically. Gut health could be a major factor. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Interesting. We're going to go to a quick ad break and we will be back maybe squeezing in one or two more questions and our get to know the guest is on the way. With simple ways to enhance your quality of life. Building Balance on KCLR with Natalie Lennon. You are very welcome back. You're listening to Building Balance with Natalie Lennon. Almost coming towards the end of the show, but I just want to bring it back to male hormonal health before we let you go. Ashling Fox is here with me in studio. Ashling, males, it may be a little bit more difficult to spot um, a hormonal imbalance with them. I know we've spoke about it a little bit already and signs that they may see to... um, if they may have a hormonal imbalance. But when it comes to advice on increasing male fertility, you know, often the pressure is put on the woman and if you can't get pregnant, it must be something she's doing wrong. It could be him. Any advice there? 100%. It's literally 50-50. Yeah. And for the first five days, so when the egg and sperm meet and they have nice time together, that first five days is most of the sperm's job. So I would see a lot of early miscarriages. We actually think a lot of the time it's actually linked to poor sperm quality. So wow. lads, you need to do your job. Like here's the girls like <laughs> us having one coffee a day and like not doing our high intensity workouts. So for them, basics, they can start doing improve your diet like yeah. honestly like that is your your micronutrients is what nourishes every single cell in your body including your sperm cells reduce alcohol get rid of smoking um, be careful as well of exercise like cycling and really high um, heat like being in saunas that can actually really disrupt sperm quality as well especially oh, sperm basically like 70 days to yeah. regenerate so I'm like you literally just have to do this for 70 days like it's so sh- such a sh- short space of time I recommend all of my clients to take fertility supplements because it's very difficult Males always. Yeah, definitely. Um, we have good ones on our online shop. We're going to a health shop and ask for a good quality brand because mm-hmm. it's just important to get those extra nutrients because we're also stressed. Let's, let's you know, agree with that. And mm-hmm. stress can really, really impact your um, fertility because it causes oxidative stress. And these really good quality supplements will help kind of counteract that basically. 
Okay, amazing. And then one last question. You spoke about testosterone levels in males. Can you just remind us one more time what may cause them to drop? Same things. Number one thing is stress. Poor diet is probably the main thing. Um, Lack of zinc, like zinc comes from seafood. How many people these days are still eating their fish, their seeds? How many lads are putting sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds on their breakfast in the morning? So it's nutritional deficiency alongside, I think, high cortisol levels. And I think all of these things, you don't feel it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like if you are lacking in a certain nutrient, you may not feel it. You know, a probiotic, you might not think you need one, but that doesn't mean that you don't. You probably do and you'll feel the benefits after. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't know what it feels like to be well. People yeah. come back to me and they're like, oh my God, this is what your sleep can be like. Or yeah. I didn't think I was bloated, but I was definitely bloated. So we're kind of all living on this like level six yeah. going through the motions. Whereas so you can, a lot of people can actually improve that. They just never been there before like at the higher level that is so true and Ashling, you do incredible work helping people one-on-one to I suppose live life to their fullest and at their healthiest so if people want to find you your content and get your nutritional advice where can they do so Yes, yeah, so my Instagram's AOK Nutrition and I have a podcast called Spilling the Tea with AOK Nutrition which kind of covers everything we talked about more of a deep dive like yes. each episode is kind of a different topic. Amazing. That is yeah. AOK, the letters Nutrition on Instagram and I cannot recommend enough that you pick up your phone, search and go follow and her highlights. There's so many incredible information there. Okay, and now we're going to go on to do our life hack of the week here on Building Balance. With simple things you can do. The Building Balance Life Hack. Okay, to check and see if your eggs are still okay or edible, did you know, to find out, gently place uncooked eggs in a bowl of cold water. And if an egg sinks to the bottom, it's A-okay. Do you see what I did there? And if it floats, it has seen better days. Over time, the liquid inside eggs evaporates through the porous shell and this can leave a little gas bubble inside. So the floatier an egg is, the older it is. And there you go, that's your hack for the week. And now it's time for my favourite part of the show. Ashling's going to be back on. Forget to know the guest. Knowing me, knowing you. The Building Balance. Get to know the guest. Ashling Fox from AOK Nutrition, your favourite meal. Rice and salmon. <laughs> I'm such a nutritionist. Where's the greens? Oh yeah, I'll put broccoli in there as well. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Watching sunrise or sunset? Ooh... Depends where I am. I do love sunset and holidays. You know, you have a glass of rosé and it's like... All about that time. That time at night. (laughs) Swimming or running? Running. Last thing you ate? A scone. (laughs) A cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) At the Lyroth, we met At the Lyroth Hotel, yeah. Last watch on Netflix? Ooh, we watched... um, Oh no, I don't... We don't watch... uh, The Last of Us. That like zombie one. Oh, very good. Yeah, it wasn't Netflix though, but it's very good. Your favourite fruit? Mango. Oh, nice. Tropical. Your favourite dessert? Anything with chocolate. Mm, I'm with you there. Spring or summer? Summer. Favourite colour? Black. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Like my suit. Black to wear and probably like (laughs) blue to look at. Love it. Biking or hiking? Hiking. Tea or coffee? Ooh, that's hard. That mm-hmm. depends on your environment. Not like a cup of tea in a chat. You don't chat over coffee. Okay, so question, barriers or lines? Barriers. <sighs> okay, we might just stay friends. Maybe. <laughs> just about. And my last one for you, the last song that you played. Ooh, I actually don't know. It's a difficult one. Okay, well, let's go yeah. for a different one. Your typical coffee order. Americana with oat milk. Nice. Can't yeah. go wrong. Thank you very much, Ashling. Get to know the guest. KCLR.
And that almost rounds it up on Building Balance for this week. It has been a pleasure to be here with you and a huge thank you to my guest today, Ashling Fox from AOK Nutrition for her time and incredible expertise shared here today. Ashling, we might get you back on the show very soon, hopefully. Yeah, that was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it was a pleasure. In the meantime, I hope you all have an amazing week building a better balance in your life. Own Carey is on the way with Fully Loaded from 7pm. We'll be back here next Tuesday with a brand new topic and a new expert in studio. As I always say, I'll love you and I'll leave you. But with this, our Building Balance motivational track of the week. Getting you motivated. The Building Balance track of the week. The song that I chose this week is one of my favourites to work out to and go running to. Leaving you with a little bit of this one. It is called I Love It by Akona Pop and Charlie XCX.